Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. We have some fantastic high school football matchups this week. This is week seven of the Ohio and Kentucky high school football seasons, and we're going to get to it uh, in just a second here. You're going to hear from Cincinnati Country Day coach Dennis Coyle about the Nighthawks' outstanding start to the season. You're also going to hear from Edgewood coach Scott Clemens about the Cougars' 5-1 start. Also, you're going to hear from Muller head coach Mark Elder as the Crusaders take on Elder High School this Friday night at Nippert Stadium. Already 4,000 pre-sale tickets have been sold as of Wednesday morning, so it's going to be a fantastic matchup for the GCL South title at stake there. Plenty of other action uh, coming your way in this episode, but I want to remind everybody, this High School Insider podcast is presented by a local Chick-fil-A restaurant where the winning play is always chicken. Start your day tomorrow with a fresh, warm breakfast. And before we get to week seven, I want to recap a memorable week six. Over in Northern Kentucky, I was at Cooper High School as Covington Catholic took on Cooper in that district opener for both teams. Covcath improved 8-0 all-time over Cooper in their 14-7 win. All the points were in the first half. The highlight of the night was uh, junior Owen Leon's 89-yard touchdown reception in the second quarter. The Colonels have won five consecutive games. I was able to catch up with Covcath head coach Eddie Eviston after the game. Well, it's just one of those things where, you know, some things just weren't clicking for us tonight. And, you know, there's we just really didn't get much of a groove. But um, we had some guys go down and guys just stepped up and they made plays when we had to make plays and they stuck together and there was no panic. And, you know, we, even though, you know, this very easily could have went either way, um, our guys fought through it and, and pulled it out. Um, big time play there finding no one on that 90 yarder um, you describe that play for us yeah I mean this is a, it's a play we have in our playbook and um, you know it's just one of those things where you know I had a gut feeling about it and um, you know I'm glad that uh, you know Pitzer saw him um, I was a little worried there when he when he came out of the backfield but uh, you know it worked out for us what's Owen meant to you guys he's a workhorse you know he is he's uh, you know he, he's He's small but mighty, and uh, you know he continues to to make plays for us. Um, either you know catching the ball out of the backfield or you know getting those hard yards, uh, kind of especially to, at the end of the game when you're trying to eat up clock. So um, you know he's been he's been tremendous for us. Connor and Aiden with that big sack there on that third down. I mean, how big was that for you guys? It's such a moment. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, you know defense played lights out. Um, you know pretty much the whole night, especially when uh, you know they had the field position and we had to kind of hold strong and and kind of force them. And you know they were getting they were. Making some first downs and, and moving it, but uh, you know we were kind of bending, but not breaking there at the end. So it was, it was good to see. Five in a row, Eddie. How's it sound? I mean, what do you like the most about this? Yeah, it's good, but we all know it's a still long road ahead. And uh, you know, but I'm proud of our guys. I'm proud of how they're working. And you know, we're gonna get, we're gonna go back to work. And uh, you know, we're in that district play right now. And you know, this district, uh, in my opinion, is one of the toughest in the state. And so uh, you know, we gotta be ready to go. Well, the Colonels play at Boone County this Friday night, and uh, they're trying to keep that momentum going, obviously, before a bye week to start October. But, uh, hey, I can't let go of week six without talking about Winton Woods senior running back Trey Cornist. If you haven't heard yet, he rushed for 343 yards and six touchdowns in a big win over Anderson in an Eastern Cincinnati Conference matchup. I was able to catch up with Cornist on Saturday morning, and uh, he talked about the social media reaction he received after, after that memorable stat line. It was crazy. My father began blowing up, like, mad notifications on every social media. <laughs> That's awesome. When did you know it was going to be a good night for you? I just told my team, like, I see they kept scoring. And every time the team starts scoring, sometimes we just start getting rattled up because we just hate, like, when things ain't going our side. So I just love to be the person to help my team just lift, lift us all up so we can just be back all straight and 
get her mind right, right. So you didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter, but they kind of take me through. Do you remember all six? Can you t- take me through? Yes, I remember all six. I do. <laughs> take me through that second quarter. What was that like? Uh, so we had outside zone to the left. Then it was just a little twenty yard play. I scored. Ran ran somebody over for the touchdown. Second touchdown. Dang, oh, I can't remember. Was I it a sixty-seven like, yarder? I was looking at the stats here. Is <laughs> yeah, that the long just, one? My no, second touchdown. I'm just curious if you remember. Is there one that stood out more than another? I remember not all of them. Was there one in particular that that you thought stood out more than the other? I mean, as far it looked like you had a sixty-seven yarder, maybe. For sure, the sixty-seven yarder, yeah. the one on the sideline. What was that one? Uh, we saw the highlight of you knocked the the helmet off the one guy. It looked like it was a shorter run there, but uh, just did you feel like you couldn't be stopped all night? I mean, I'd be stopped. I was just, I was in a mode like when my team need me, I'm gonna come for a merry time. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, what's it like to score 62 points in a game? You knew Anderson was gonna come out and throw the ball like crazy and everything, but as an offense, I mean, you you guys put it put a ton of points on the board, but you trailed at halftime too, right? Yes, sir. We was losing the half whole team. We just wanted this game bad. We did not want to have homecoming on Saturday <laughs> off a loss. Like, that would have been horrible. Like, homecoming would have been canceled. How much fun are you having now with this group, Trey? You guys are 6-0 and and really rolling along, you know? Every day I practice, I come, I just be happy, smile on my face. Like, would want to be around nobody else. Like, everybody just fit in. We all just close, the whole team locked in, just love it. Seems like just such a special family feeling to this. I mean, I know Coach Murphy had his dad there on the field, a picture around the team. I mean, can you talk about that bond, just how close you guys are? Yes, sir. We all hang with each other at the school. Like, ain't nobody left out. We all feeling, we all close. Like, Coach Murphy made sure we all stay close. Like, ain't nobody got sicker animosity with each other. Like, we all just close. What's that mean to you to score six touchdowns, tie Mayan's record for the school and be in that, that company? 343 yards rushing. I mean, that's <laughs> mind-boggling. No, nah, man, I mean the most of me. Because my brother, Marky, talked about, Trey, you can't be average. You can't be average. You got to break some records. You got to just go crazy. He's been telling me that all week. Like, I just keep hearing him because I've been, like, just having, like, decent games. Like, it's 150, 170. I need a breakout game to, like, really show people. So, yeah, I had to do that for my big bro. Was that the motivation last night, or did you feel like something before the game or leading up, you know, during the week that you felt like it was going to be a special night? No, uh, that was a motivation. Like my family, motivation. Like I just want to get them, get them the best I can have because like doing this for them. So every time I touch the ball, I just think about my family, think about my coaches, my teammates. You're wearing the Georgia Tech hat, um, yes, very proudly today. Uh, first of all, when did you commit to them again? Uh, in a in the summer before school started. I mean, uh, what, what's it like uh, knowing you're going there and just uh, I'm sure the Georgia Tech fan base and the coaches are really happy and, yeah. and, and <laughs> seeing everything you did last night. The fan base is going crazy right now. They're super excited to have me up there. They treat me real good, show me mass love. Yeah, I love my school. What did you like, like most about Georgia Tech there when you committed? The coach. I love the culture, like, the city of Atlanta, what they trying to build, like how the program 
what it's going to get to, or what they're trying to make it, mess with it. Great. And uh, got another big game coming up, Winton Woods. Yeah, um, Kings. Tell me about that, what that showdown is going to be like next Friday. I feel like it's just another game. We just got to come practice, compete, and practice. We have a good week of practice. It's going to be our way. It's going to be a good game. Well, Cornus, who verbally committed to Georgia Tech this past summer, he added scholarship offers from Alcorn State and Toledo just in the past few days. I spoke with Coach Chad Murphy over there at Winton Woods, and uh, he said he's going to be sending out a lot of film to college coaches this week. And anytime you have 343 yards rushing and six touchdowns, uh, by the way, that six touchdowns, that tied a school record with uh, Mayan Williams, uh, the, the running back who's now at Ohio State University. And uh, so anytime you're in that uh, upper echelon, that elite status, uh, the college coaches will be uh, coming uh, to call either your head coach or figure out a way to to get you uh, some attention in the recruiting trail. Well, moving on to week seven, we got a huge matchup at Nippert Stadium. Our WCPO game of the week is 6-0 Moeller taking on 5-1 Elder. Moeller has an opportunity to clinch the GCL South title outright. This would be the first GCL South crown for the Crusaders since the 2018 season. And uh, Elder has a chance to clinch at least a share of the GCL South title with a victory. And uh, it plays host to LaSalle October 21st. So certainly would have to wait a few weeks to determine what the final outcome of that will be. But uh, I caught up with Muller coach Mark Elder earlier this week and uh, asked him if he's really addressed the elephant in the room of talking about the opportunity to win the GCL South title with his team. Obviously, that's one thing that, that we collectively would love to accomplish. But um, as I did address with the team, and, and you were right on with the point, is um, this game is not going to make or break our season. If we win it, it doesn't uh, make the whole thing a success. If we lose it, it doesn't make the whole thing a failure. Um, no one week will do that in the first 10. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So um, do we want to win? Yeah. Are we going to put everything into it to, to win? Of course we are. Um, but this isn't a make or break for us. And, and um, you know, it's a big challenge for us. I mean, they're, they're a really good football team and, and, uh, I guess they still have a, another game in the GCL later, so it wouldn't be a, a for sure thing for them. But essentially, it's it's the same same stakes for them on the other side of the ball. I'm sure it's something that they want to accomplish, but um, probably same deal for them. It's not going to make or break their season, whether whether we win, they win, whoever wins. What have you noticed on film from them, especially in that very convincing win over St. X, the way they had? Yeah, they're uh, – really good on on in all three phases honestly so uh defensively they're they're really active i think that their linebacking core is is um really good one of the better that we've seen if not the best um and they, they present a lot of different looks to you uh, uh and bring a lot of of different um pressures and things along those lines to try to make it difficult for you. So uh, I think that they're, they do a good job in that category, well coached and, and they're tough and physical and play hard um, offensively. You know, they're, they're quite a bit different than they were a year ago. Um, as far as what they're doing, I, I really think Doug does a great job as far as, you know, looking at his personnel, seeing what he has and, and um, it, it fits within what they do, but changing it from a year to year standpoint to, to really fit the personnel to get the best, out of it and their quarterback is is throwing the ball well and running the ball well the uh the flowers kid number four is is a really tough strong runner um their their line i think is is physical comes off the ball they're tough and nasty the one receiver has been really productive for them, number 84 and um you know they present a lot of problems for you they, they formation you they motion you they shift you and and try to make you uh, adjust to all the different things that they're doing and, and try to keep you on your heels 
What did you like most about the way you guys played over LaSalle? It seemed like just everything was clicking for you, just both sides of the ball. And was there a takeaway or two that you really thought you did well in terms of uh, the game? Um, well, I thought that again, we were offensively, we were able to be balanced. We were able to, um, to run the ball effectively. We were able to throw the ball effectively. Um, you know, didn't, you know, protected the football. We didn't, uh, create a have a bunch of turnovers and things along those lines. So I thought that that was really good to see. Um, you know, Weeder was dinged up a, a few weeks back and it was good to see him back in his old form and, and playing well, which was, uh, really, really nice. And then, um, defensively, you know, we hadn't been playing very well on third down. It was it was really positive to see us go out and have a good day on third down. Uh, would have liked to have limited the explosive play that we gave up, unfortunately. But um, you know, I was pleased with our performance defensively and 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 really how we played in, in some critical situations. Obviously, Jordan gets so much of the spotlight, and deservedly so. But just can you talk about Alec Weider, what he's meant to the team, and just you know, just his perseverance, maybe how he gets along with Jordan as well, just uh, how, how key of a cog he is to that offense. Yeah, those two get along great, you know, and, and, um, as far as that stuff is concerned, I, I, both of them see the value in in having both of those guys. You know, you uh, you don't want to be the guy that's that's having to carry the ball 35 times a game. Um, if you're lucky enough to be playing in week 13, 14 beyond, uh, if you're carrying the ball 30, 35 times a game, you're going to be pretty beat up at that point in time. And so um, they both are very, very – they're excited when the other one – I mean, you see the one of them score, the, the guy's running over to congratulate. I mean, it's, it really is a great um, working together teammates and, and they care about each other. They want to see each other succeed and, and so forth. So uh, Weider's been fantastic throughout his career here. I mean, he's um, it's a great one, two punch with those those guys. Um, they have slightly different strengths, but they're both able to, to do quite a bit. I mean, they're both threats out of the backfield. Um, they're both hard to tackle and strong and, and so forth. So, um, no, it's great to have him back at, at full speed and, and um, to have both of those guys in the mix. I want to give the offensive line some credit, too, because obviously, like you said, you get a lot of the spotlight going on a couple of players that are, quote unquote, you know, the skill players that get a lot of attention. But just who, who really has been doing well for you off on the offensive line this season. Yeah, you know, I was talking with our O-line coach uh, about this earlier in the week. And, I mean, really, we're, we're pretty fortunate. We've got five seniors up front that are um, collectively really well. And and we, we do give an offensive lineman of the week award every week. And, um, you know, almost every guy every week – could could make a stake for for claiming that that spot because uh, collectively they've played really well and and uh, we've got five guys that that understand what they're doing they're really smart they're they're tough um, and are playing at a high level so it's great to see that obviously we've we've protected the quarterback fairly well um, haven't given up a bunch of sacks and 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 a bunch of hits and we've been opening lanes for those running backs and and so really pleased with how those guys have performed. What about Luke, just the way he's managed the offense? I mean, what, what's that been like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, Luke uh, Luke and Drew were in a battle throughout camp, and, and Luke just uh, pulled ahead at the end of camp, and it's been great to see what he's been able to accomplish. I mean, this is his first year as a starter on varsity, um, and what he's been able to do. Here, here's how I always assess the, the quarterback play and, and what you want to do in the throw game is you want to you want to protect the football, and he's done a really nice job in that. I mean, hasn't thrown the ball to the other team, um, hasn't taken too many chances with the ball. Um, you know, the, the couple of times that that 
it's had opportunities for interceptions. It was the right time. You're, you're putting the ball up, trying to give your receiver an opportunity to make a play. Uh, so he's, he's been very good in that regard. He's been efficient. I mean, we're throwing uh, high percentage completions and, and so forth. Um, he's taking what's given. He's not forcing the ball when it's not there, uh, which is nice to see. And then, and then he's also been explosive. Um, you know, sometimes you can dink and dunk it and, and throw for 70% completions and all your throws are, uh, under 10 yards and and so forth well he's throwing the ball down the field for long balls as well and and so when you have the that i call that the trifecta when you protect the football when you're efficient um in your throw game and you're also able to um have some chunk plays where you're throwing the ball down the field and and stretching them vertically um you're pretty darn good in the pass game and he's done really an outstanding job in in, in all three of those categories how different will it be to play at nipper this week uh, yeah, I, I think that the atmosphere is going to be pretty neat. Um, that, that I'm excited for that for our kids. We always want to, uh, as part of our scheduling philosophy, we always try to get home and home games in our non-conference games. But if we can't, then then we're always seeking out what's going to be a great atmosphere, like like the Maslin game. We went up there. I mean, it was it was pretty cool, uh, neat neat setting, and, and a ton of people there. And I think that this has uh, the makings for something similar to that, where um, two really good teams with strong fan bases. Uh, playing at Nipper, which will be a, a electric atmosphere, and, and I've been in that stadium a bunch, and and it's a loud stadium. I mean, that's something that if we do get good numbers in there, um, it, it echoes in there. I mean, you, you can you can have that thing be a really really loud environment and a hostile environment and a tough environment to play in. So I think it's going to be one of those games that that uh, for our players they're going to remember for years to come. I mean they'll be an old man like me and 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 be uh, remembering this game as a special one. And um, I'm excited for the opportunity and and what an, a a neat game against another GCL rival. It's so hard to probably pinpoint maybe one factor or two, but do you think this game could come down to a turnover or two? Could it be that close in the end? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I mean, um, I would be surprised if it doesn't come down to a fourth quarter ball game on one way or the other. I mean, um, you know, obviously everybody's got the the opportunity to go and lay an egg. I mean, um, but but I don't I don't see that happening. I mean, th- this is two teams that if the, if we both go out and play good solid football like we've been capable of and shown that we've done this year, this is going to be a fourth quarter ball game and it's going to be awesome. Well, as you heard from Coach Elder there, he wouldn't be surprised if this game came down to the fourth quarter and maybe it uh, it's predicated on a turnover or two, but both these teams evenly matched both top five teams in the state of Ohio, and they can certainly see each other later down the road when it comes to the playoffs. Both teams are primed for a deep postseason run when it comes to November and even possibly beyond. Well, several hours later on uh, Tuesday, I uh, had a chance to visit the pit and uh, talk to elder head coach Doug Ramsey as the Panthers prepare for this matchup on Friday night. And uh, as as I kind of asked him, what are the ramifications for a game like this with the GCL South title on the line, but also keeping in mind and keeping in perspective, this is one game and doesn't make or break a season? You know, I think as as the playoffs have become such a big deal that league championships aren't what they used to be. You know what I mean? But I still think it's, I mean, to win a GCL is something special. So obviously our kids are really excited about that. Um, talked about uh, time of possession, the preseason. It seems like that's really, you mentioned to me how, you know, maybe didn't have that much control of it last year. 
this year it seems like it was more of a focal point. I was looking at all your games. It seemed like all but maybe two games I mean, last week kind of take that out as an outlier. But yeah, um, but that, that was kind of a running clock help with that okay, too. Well, <laughs> okay. But I mean, just is that? Can you talk about the strength of maybe that aspect of the offense? Yeah, you know, balanced? you know, when I talked to you back and when we were at uh, Chick Fil A, yeah. you know, how you talked about offense and defense line, how, how, how important I thought that was. And if you look at what we've been able to do, we've been pretty good against the run. Um, so we, we've kind of made some of these teams that we played one-dimensional um, and, you know, gotten off the field pretty quickly. You know, in offense, we've, we've been able to, to, to possess the ball. We're, we're much better at running the football this year. Well, you know, we're bigger on the offensive line. Last year we were just so small on the offensive line. It made it really hard to run the ball. Um, this year our, our guys have done a really good job. And, you know, we're using different people. Like Luke Flowers is our tailback, but, you know, we use both of our quarterbacks to run the ball as well. Um, Justin Ray sometimes on the jet sweep. So we're trying to spread the ball around as much as we can. You know, in the same way in the passing game. You know, I, we've got a lot of guys. Our fullbacks caught passes. Our tailbacks caught passes. Tight ends caught passes. You know, four different, five different receivers caught passes. Just trying to spread the ball around as much as we can. How well has Ben managed everything? Really well. You know, he's, um, he's uh, I'll be honest, he surprised me. I, you know, I thought he had a chance to be a pretty decent player, but, um, you know, you look at the first couple games he came out, he was he was smoking throwing. I mean, he was, he, 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 he couldn't miss. And then, um, and then we he's added to that a little bit more with the run game. You know, he's over a couple hundred yards rushing and he's had big plays. Uh, you know, last week he had a big run. We were running counter to the right. and. Um, he saw it open to the left, ends up, you know, taking off for like a 40-yard touchdown run. But he's, he's made a lot of big plays like that for us. Has this team exceeded your expectations? Um, we'll see. I mean, in some ways, yes. I mean, I thought we had a chance to be a good football team. Uh, but, you know, you look at the schedule. You know, I know we lost one game, and, and that was, we had an opportunity to win that game up at St. Ed's. And, in, this, in the Springboro game, and everybody was like, uh, and now look what Springboro's doing. It's a pretty good football team, you know. So they go and beat Centerville. And, and so we've beat some really good some really good teams. Um, you know, Louisville St. X was a very good team. So so in some ways, yeah. Um, but I, I, can we maintain that? You know, we, we still got a, a long ways to go. Obviously, a big game this week, and then a, two teams from over in, uh, uh, in Indianapolis and then, and then playing LaSalle. So we still still have more good things. And then, and then I'd like to see what we can do if we can make a run in the playoffs. You know, like Mark Elder said, one game doesn't make or break the season. I, obviously, you're going to put everything into oh, yeah. this Friday night, but it, do you have that same similar? Oh, approach? yeah, it does. You know, it's, it's you know, I, I think we, no matter what happens this game, there's a pretty good chance that we'll play each other again. Um, you know, and, and, and that one obviously would have more meaning than, than this one does. Not to say this one doesn't have meaning. Our, our kids will be... And, and you know me, I, as competitive as, 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 as I am, we'll, we'll be excited and, and, and we'll give it everything we got and be very happy if we win and be very disappointed if we don't. Um, what about the, the front seven defensively and your linebacker core? I mean, just can you talk about yeah, the well, your defense well right first, now? you know, I think we have to start with, with Samari Freeman at, at Nose. He's, he's been exceptional. You know, three-year starter for us. He's, he's not a really big guy. He's probably under 220 pounds now, but... Um, he is really hard for people to block. It's it's funny that every every team um, that we played before or after the, the game, the coach has made a comment to me about how good Samari is. And you know, so it starts here in the middle. The middle, and Liam, uh, Liam Hewlin's had an outstanding season as defensive end. He's the guy probably that surprised me the most. You know, he, he he did some good things you know last year, but he's just been exceptional. 
Um, William McKenna, the other defensive end, has, has played really well, junior, and, and just really learned how to play football. He didn't start playing football until he got to Elder. Um, in his freshman year, he was a backup tight end, you know, so he hasn't played a, a, a ton of football. And then at linebacker, I, I think Ben Volkerding is the guy that's been, been, been really good. We've had some injuries there, you know. Um, we're, we're playing probably, we, well, we, we moved to DB. Um, uh, to play there, but but I think Ben has been kind of that that guy, and um, and Josh Dugan has played really well too. I think those two guys um, have been 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 really good, and then Maddox Arnold, who is a sophomore playing, he's not. He's not there yet as what he's going to be. He's going to be a, a big-time linebacker, but he's, he's getting better every week. So I, I think when we, you have those guys um, playing the way they do, like I said, making teams, um, making teams one-dimensional. Uh, it's hard for teams to run the ball. You know, last week X threw for a bunch of yards. But I think when you get down into the red zone, you know, it's it's hard to score if you can't if you can't run on people. You know, we, we stuffed they were first and goal at the four right before half and ran four plays, you know, and couldn't, couldn't get in the end zone. You know, those are the kind of things that, that are that are game changing. Obviously Moore has a star running back, everybody knows about him, but what are they doing so well offensively? Well, the fact that they have him and, and an unbelievable wide receiver. You know, those two guys are difference makers. They got a lot of good players. You know, you look at them offensively, defensively, you know, at every level. They've got it, you know, we've got a couple good linemen. They've, you know, on defense they've got D linemen, linebacker, safety it's a good player, corner's a good player, but they have two big time difference makers um, on offense, you know, with their running back and wide receiver. And I say to wide receivers, he he's just freaky athletic you know he's we talk about guys that are fast and he's really fast but he also can 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 change directions and all those kinds of things he's he, he puts a lot of pressure on you and and then when you surround two guys like that with with nine other guys that are good high school football players and you know it it, it makes for a really good offense talking about Tanel yes really, yeah, yep gotcha. um do you think this game comes down to turnover too in the fourth yeah quarter? it could you know it could you know we got. We got. I, I, we've done a great job in special teams. I think we got to. We got to keep doing that. We can't let them have any big, big returns or anything along those lines. But yeah, I, I don't see this being a game that that uh, one team is is going to walk away with with a big win. I think this will be a, a tight game all the way through. It's the kind of game that invigorates you. I mean, like you, you obviously, you know, wears me out. Well, <laughs> I guess my point is like you know you've accomplished so much. I mean, you, you know. Is this a reason why you come back to coach? I think all, yeah, because oh, and, and that's our, our schedule. That's what I, I enjoy so much. It's hard, but put the lineup and play the teams that we played, and then you get into the league play. You know, the game last week, playing X here is always one of those games. It's just even playing wherever you play them, and and now this this Moeller game, uh, with them being being as good as they are, um, you know, us trying to to, to get where they're at. Um, it just it does it, it's it's it you you, you don't want to say it, but you, you 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 actually put more work into these games than some other games that you do because because you see what a great opportunity that the kids have to 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 win a game like this and so so yeah so we we're, we're we're as coaches i know we're working really hard to try to put the game plan together put these guys in the best positions that position for them to win
Well, this is going to be an electric atmosphere. You could hear from both coaches. Uh, these teams are really putting a lot into this game. And obviously, as I mentioned, you know, you want to keep some perspective. You want to stay healthy as you head down the stretch run of this regular season. To, uh, but uh, this GCL South title is certainly something special. And it's a first goal for each and every one of those four teams in that conference uh, that receives plenty of attention year in and year out. Well, I want to remind everybody this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is always chicken. Download the app today for easy ordering. We'll switch. I want to switch gears now to Division II Region 8, such a loaded region, Winton Woods, Kings, and Edgewood. I want to place my focus on the Cougars of Edgewood. They are number three in that region. They play host to the Northwest on Friday night. The Cougars have won five consecutive games, and uh, I was grateful to be able to catch up with Edgewood coach Scott Clemens this week as he talked about the keys to the Cougars' success. The biggest thing, you know, is just the way our defense is, is playing. You know, they've played some very tough opponents that run the ball well, and, you know, they're, just, they're tenacity and, you know, their physicality playing the ball. And then offensively, just, you know, just how everything's coming together as far as, you know, the old line gelling and then our play action pass off our run stuff is, is doing real good right now. So, you know, just the overall physicality of our team and how they're playing is, is the best thing that, you know, I like about what we're doing right now. We'll start with your defense here. Um, obviously, you got a, a lot of standouts here, but uh, senior safety, Brick Barker, two interceptions, had a 32-yard pick six there in the Mount Healthy game, 54 tackles overall. Um, you have uh, uh, Wyatt Walter, Jr., linebacker, um, 46 tackles, and uh, senior defensive back, Jake uh, Valerio. Yes. Am I saying that right? Okay, 50 tackles yes. and an interception. Uh, what have those guys meant to you, you guys on defense? Oh. A lot. Like I said, you know, uh, Brick and Jake's played together for a number of years. So, you know, just the trust factor they have back here and, and what we ask them to do. I mean, Jake is our strong safety. So, you know, sometimes he's got to play out in space. But then, you know, we're playing those run-heavy teams. You know, he's got to get his nose down in there and play like a linebacker. So, you know, he finds those windows. And, you know, he, he good job reading, you know, sideline to sideline and making adjustments. And then, like I said, you know, Brick's kind of that center fielder in the back. You know, he's got to, you know, once again – can't get beat deep, but then once again, you know, when you see that run, you got to get downhill and, and uh, you know, make plays in the alleys and, and stuff like that. So those two do a great job of, you know, communicating and playing well together. Uh, you know, and then Wyatt and uh, Evan Swartz are two inside linebackers. You know, they're both just doing a good job getting guys lined up in the right spots. And, you know, their, their size helps out a lot. You know, uh, Wyatt's 6'3 and a half and, you know, uh, Evan's 6'2 and a half. So they're, they're long linebackers that, you know, can create, you know, they can cover a lot of space and a lot of area. You're known for your wing T offense, obviously, who's really played well uh, offensively for you, right? You know, and that's the great thing about the, you know, the offense. If you look at our stats and our games, you know, you know, Tavion's, you know, of course, our workhorse back here at that fullback spot. You know, he's been back here for four years now. So he's definitely that. But just those other games where, you know, Braden goes off and then, you know, another game, you know, when Jake goes off. So those three back here doing a great job, you know, just, you know, depends on the week and, and the time. And then, you know, the good thing is, like I said, Riley's doing a good job, you know, in those games where we got to have that play action pass you know, work out well for us. You know, teams want to get too nosy, you know, trying to stop the run or whatever, you know, he's finding those receiver and, and hitting big plays for us. Number three in the Division Two Region 8 computer point standings. Um, you know, uh, do you look uh, at that often as a coach or do you not worry about that? I've gotten both sides of that for, for as far as coaches go, but how important is it to host a first-round playoff game? Region 8 is, is a great representation of our state when it comes to Division Two football. Uh, you know, you got, you know, Wynn Woods, Kings, LaSalle, uh, you know, a lot of great teams, you know, down in this area. And, you know, Xenia's, you know, doing a great job up there, you know, in their conference. You got Pickle still sitting up there. So from Dayton down to Cincinnati, you know, you got you got some great Division II football 
teams down there that represent, you know, the area very well and, and tough teams and they go out and play tough opponents each week. So, you know, you, you look at that and you, that's what you're always striving for, you know, that league titles, you know, the always the ultimate first goal you're trying to get to as a team. But then when you can get playoff games for your community and, you know, for your team and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's huge too, you know, especially for the state now where you can possibly get two you know, that's two more weeks of your community getting to stay home and watch your young men play. You know, your booster groups get, you know, two more two more weeks of, you know, having people go to the concession stand and, and you know, make money that way too. So, you know, it's always big the more times you can stay at home and, and get those opportunities, you know, to be in that top four, you know, of your region. And just a final thought, Coach, you've been at this a long time. Um, just what's it like to coach this group this year? I mean, what, what what's it – how enjoyable has it been week in oh, and week out? Great. I mean, like I said, it's just, you know, it's it's awesome. A group of young men and I like I've told the newspaper guys for just the amount of work they put in. You know, we ask a lot of, you know, a lot of people I think, you know, with high school and college, you see, you know, the pro and the college level. High school's a little bit different. You know, we ask these kids to come to school, you know, for seven, you know, seven and a half hours each day, go to practice, do film study, do all this extra work and you know and then then they go home you know about you know usually around you know 5 45 6 o'clock you know they're getting home and you know having to do their school work and all that and we ask them to do that you know on a daily basis just so the amount of work these young men are putting in you know practice the coachability of each one of them the film study they're putting in you know just you know just a great group of not only great players but great students of the game asking questions of their coaches how can they get better and then, like I said, my coaching staff, I, you know, that they, they work tirelessly, you know, on, you know, Saturday mornings, we get back up and, you know, hit the road, you know, with the next opponent and what we got to do. And then, you know, some of us, uh, you know, some of the staff meets again on Sundays to go over stuff. So, I mean, it's seven days a week, but, you know, we're, it, that's what you got to do to, you know, get to the point that, you know, that, you know, winning football games, and all that, it comes, you know, just that, that grind, but that grind is to pay off of the work that you're seeing the young men do. So, I mean, it's just been a great, you know, watching these guys come together as a team after looking at that first one, you know, they didn't flinch. They didn't blink. They came right back the next week ready to go and, you know, ready for the next game plan and what adjustments we need to make. So, I mean, that's just a testament to who they are as individuals and as a team and then led by a great senior group of kids. Well, Edgewood is certainly in a great position to capture back-to-back Southwest Ohio Conference titles and to host a first-round game. You heard from Coach Clemens there how much that means to not only the program but the community to be able to host one or two first-round playoff games. Uh, certainly a, a, a point of pride and emphasis uh, year in and year out for that Edgewood Cougars program. Well, I want to switch gears now to Division Six, Region 24. Uh, Cincinnati Country Day has four consecutive wins entering this Friday's game at New Miami. I connected with Nighthawks coach Dennis Coyle this past weekend, and I asked him what was the turning point of the first half of this season. Well, in week two, we got uh, we got beat by Summit, who's our rival, and I've been really proud of our boys since that game to regroup uh, and focus on getting better. Uh, we had a lot of guys returning from last year's team that made the playoffs and was league champs. Um, and uh, they've really done a good job of growing up and developing this year. Uh, we had to replace an all-league uh, running back, and uh, Ashton Snell was actually playing at Wittenberg and made the travel team up there. And um, Lee, Lee Thomas in the last couple of weeks has really stepped up at tailback. Uh, Parker Corvin and Elijah Gutman, we have two quarterbacks we've been playing, and they've both played really well for us throughout the year. 
Um, and, and I'm excited about that. Our offensive line has really done a nice job. Um, we've been running for over 200 yards a game right now, uh, and we're working on our passing game. Both of our quarterbacks throw the ball well, and we're still working on some of our timing issue. As a small school, I don't do a lot of seven-on-sevens in the summer. And I, I, I felt that really hurt us against Summit this year. We weren't ready to defend their spread offense as well as we should have been, and that was on me. And our kids just continue to do what they're coached to do and uh, are working hard and getting better. So it's really been a team effort. Our defense has been playing really well, um, and hopefully we can just continue and avoid that injury bug. Anytime you lose to a rival, obviously you're going to learn something from that and, and either – one or two directions, it makes you better or, you know, maybe uh, it takes you down for a few weeks. But uh, what, what kind of sense did you get from the players after that game about maybe a refocus and, and just um, or was it just a quick, hey, we're on to the next game? I mean, how did that was, go for them? It was pretty quick and we bounced right back. We haven't beat them in a while and it's in our crawl and it's something we want to get back to competing with them better. And uh, I think the big thing from our kids is in my four years here, um, it was the first time we walked away from the game thinking we were as good as them. Uh, the first three years, I think Summit had a better football team than we did, and we feel we're we're trying to close that gap, uh, and we're getting closer. And, and that's that's something our kids know. And uh, I think that if, if you gain confidence from a loss, but I think our kids actually gain some confidence because there's a lot of things we did well in the game, uh, and we were able to see the things we didn't do well. And we have really great kids here that understand – um, you know, we want to play to our standard and we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And when we watch that game, we realize there are areas that we can improve in. And quite honestly, we've won our last four games uh, in the last two weeks. We played two of the better teams on our schedule with uh, St. Bernard last night and then uh, Park Tudor the week before. And um, we, we still there's a lot of things we can improve on. We feel we haven't played our best football yet. And to to, to make it to the playoffs and win in the playoffs, we still have to get better. And I think our kids understand that when we come in and watch film on Saturday that we haven't reached our potential yet. There's still a lot of mistakes we're making, and some of those are frustrating at this point of the year to still be making. But we really have a good group of kids that work really hard for us. You overcame some, obviously, some miscues there in that St. Bernard game, still won 10 to 6. I mean, um, what does that say about the character of this team, you know, to, to overcome some of that adversity and, and you know, Still get the W. Some weeks, you know how it is, Coach. You just uh, you, you'll take the win and move on. But uh, how do you kind of evaluate that? You're exactly right. When I arrived four years ago uh, in close games, uh, we would lose those games. Um, my second year, we went over to St. Bernard, played them at Roger Bacon, and we got inside the red zone three times in the first half and came away with zero points. Um, they had three three and outs. And then all of a sudden, right before the end of the half, they had a long fade pass. They completed and they went in and scored with under a minute in the first half. And then they kicked our butt in the second half. And part of it was we didn't have the mental toughness to overcome adversity when it came our way. Uh, and last night we had a lot of uh, adversity in terms of miscues when we got down in the red zone, a fumble at the one yard line. And we made some mistakes. And um, St. Bernard did a great job of moving the ball. They have some really good running backs, big physical kids, and they have two running backs and a quarterback all over 200 pounds that are pretty athletic. And for small uh, Division Six, Division Seven football, those are big running backs. And um, our kids did a good job bending but not breaking. Uh, so I'm proud of our kids for that. And uh, looking forward to this week, we make the trip up to New Miami, and hopefully we can keep the momentum going. How much do you look at right now as we record this year, you know, eighth in uh, Division Six, Region 24? Um, how much do you pay attention to that? How much do you kind of allude to the fact that, hey, you, obviously you want to host a 
a first round game being that, that top eight? I mean, is that a, is that a big deal or is that just something you worry about within the coaching staff and not let the players know about that? I have some coaches talk about that. I don't care. Uh, I, I, I look at it. Uh, it is what it is. And to me, even more important than hosting is getting the right draw. Uh, last year we hosted and we hosted a Deer Park team that was not a good matchup for us. And, you know, that could be the same case this year. Uh, I know Deer Park's only won a couple of games. We skirmished them this year. They're a heck of a football team and have some good athletes. So, to me, part of that is the luck of the draw when you get in there. It's not coaches going in and seeding these teams. It's a computer system that is somewhat flawed. Uh, and, and and I look at it with uh, what we have to do is if, if if we can win all of our football games, I would expect we're going to be in position to host a first first round playoff game, which would be great. Uh, it's obviously better to be, be at home in the playoffs. Uh, but then from there, it's really just a luck of the draw. And I have people say, hey, we're this number and so-and-so is this number. It's like, we got five weeks of football to play. You know, if we lose our next four games, it doesn't matter what happens. So I, I really don't spend a lot of time worrying about that. And quite honestly, even the last week of the season, I don't worry about it. That, that weekend on Saturday and Sunday, I'll start worrying about who we have that week, honestly. And, ho- and hopefully, knock on wood, we, we, we can uh, continue to win enough games to be in that position. I know this is a cliche topic and really not for the sake of argument anymore because it's, it's solved. It's 16 teams for a region. Uh, for the OHSA playoffs, but uh, I felt like I've talked to a lot of coaches, you know, you, you could get one side of the fence or the other, but uh, where did you stand on on 16? You know, you, we heard about eight and 12 and, you know, let everybody in. And obviously that was a unique season in 2020, but um, do you like 16 or do you, do you feel like it should I be think 16 is too many? I, I'm, I honestly, I'm, I'm from the mindset, if I can't win it, I don't want to be in it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it should be the best teams in and want to see really good teams in there. I, I remember when it used to be four and, and I think four, it was tough, but you really had to be a good football team usually to make it. And uh, when I finished up at St. X in 2005 and you, you get some of those matchups in early rounds and sometimes I didn't feel the best teams always got in there. And there, there is no perfect way of doing it because team schedules are so different and strength of schedule and all that. But uh, I, I, I really um, I, I think 16 teams, especially how small the divisions are, yeah. doesn't make sense to me. I'd rather if they're going to let 16 in, they might as well just play a nine nine game schedule yeah. and, and let everyone into the playoffs. If you're going to let everyone in, uh, if you're going to have 16 teams in, I know like Oak Hills last year making the playoffs without winning a football game. And um, I, I, to me, it's not the same. I, I, I would rather if they're going to do it that way, just let everybody in. You mentioned how much you enjoyed coaching this team. And and I know as uh, the athletic director there at the school, I mean, obviously you're involved in so many different uh, teams and coaches and, and the school community, but uh, can you kind of take me inside maybe some of these names you mentioned, uh, you know, whether it be Lee or Parker or Elijah, uh, maybe the, the student athlete that we don't see necessarily from those who are on the outside, um, what they're like, you know, even off the football field, what type of leaders they are in the school. We really have some good people. And uh, Kyle Collette and Colin Heakin are two of our senior captains, and they do a great job of leading our kids. And for those two, uh, they're the only two seniors that have been with me for all four years. And uh, we were a bad football team my first two years. Uh, The first year we went two and seven. We experienced a lot of injuries. I think that team could have won six or seven games, but we just had the injury blood and lost some kids and just couldn't compete as the year went on. Um, the following year, we had 20 kids and against CCPA in our last game, we actually had a call the game at halftime. We only had 15 kids stressed out 
and we had a couple injuries in the game and we couldn't finish the game. And, and those young men were through that and the leadership they've had throughout this to keep the program going and moving forward, uh, just tremendous character and, uh, the, both of them and, uh, Graham Sorg, they're, they're guys that, I mean, some have 4.5 GPAs here, which is amazing. The academics here, I, I went to St. X and I, I'm, I'm a bright guy, but I'm not nearly as smart as most of the guys I coach. I mean, they're really some bright kids. The majority of these young men on our team, um, I have a few that want to go play in college, but most of them, it's just something they're wanting to do in high school. Yet they're giving up their summers. Last spring, every one of them on our football team was coming in in the morning and lifting weights before uh, school every day. So they've bought into what we're doing. We've changed the culture a little bit. And I, I, I think as, as I go through, we have 29 kids on the roster and we have 29 kids who truly believe that academics comes first uh, and that football secondary. Yet I take practice every day. I put notes in there and they watch it every night. Uh, and I know a lot of bigger programs don't even have that commitment. And our kids are really bought in. They do all those little things right. And uh, hopefully it'll allow us to keep building a strong program. Like Coach Dunn, when he was here, had a tremendous program. And I often reference that with our kids that were in the building process of trying to rebuild something that Coach Dunn had that was really special. And we're not there yet. Um, we're hoping to get to the point where we can make it to the playoffs on a regular basis and then win, win playoff games. And I don't know that we're there yet or not, uh, but we're going to keep working hard. And just the character of our kids, I mean, Shep Snell, Elijah Gutman, Parker Corbin, um, Kyle, Graham, Colin, Carson Yaki. They're just really hard-nosed kids. And I could go on and on. We, we just really, I'm blessed to coach a lot of really good people. I was going to say, what's the most rewarding part for you as a coach and athletic director would be? I know this is, you know, you've talked about the process of, of getting this program where where it should be in terms of its improvement and, and consistency, but what's it like for you personally? You know, it's funny. It's, it's not immediate. Uh, I hate game day. It's the worst day of the week for me to stress because it's a, we all put, and maybe not all, but I put a lot of importance on us winning and it's for the kids, not for me, because I feel I've let them down if I don't put them in a position to be successful on Friday night. Um, but for me, where it really matters is uh, last weekend, and I don't get to watch any NFL games or anything. I'm here working. But one of the teams, if it was the Rams or someone, they did a uh, uh, they took a safety at the end of the end of the game and they were all tackling their players all over the place. Well, we practice that every Thursday. And I had one of my boys from Savannah, Georgia, who I coached just about 10 years ago now. He sends me a text message saying, hey, coach, did you, I saw Coach Coyle play this weekend. And and that's the rewarding thing when uh, I have a young man from Savannah who is on the Tennessee uh, recruiting office and working in there. Another young man I coach working down at uh, Austin P University as a grad assistant this year. I have some that have become lawyers, some that are in medical school and becoming doctors. That's what I get out of it. And when you see them uh, starting to have a family and having kids and they say you made a difference in the life that that's to me. And none of that's immediate. So the things we're doing right now, I constant preach them. I don't care if they like me now. My, my hopes are 10, 15, 20 years from now. They say, you know, Coach Coyle made a difference in my life. And sometimes I'm not sure if I am or not. And I make plenty of mistakes every day, but my hopes are long term. I do more good than I do bad for the boys and that. It, we're, we're teaching them a lot more than football. Hope, hopefully we're helping them be better leaders. I think our world needs leaders now more than ever. And, and what my hopes are is that I'm partnering with our school and partnering with these parents to make leaders that are better than the leaders we have today, that we can have a better society where people get along and can make the best decision for everyone involved and not be bickering all the time. 
Well, I always enjoy visiting Cincinnati Country Day and uh, did a feature on Leon Hall, their assistant coach, a former Cincinnati Bengals player this past summer, and uh, talked to Coach Coyle about Leon and how he's helped the team. But, uh, you know, this is a, a program that is certainly on the rise. And as, as Coach Coyle alluded to, the fact that there's really kind of a turnaround here in the past couple of seasons. Um, they were 0 6 in 2020, and now they are number eight in that region and have a chance to host a first round playoff game. And so this is going to be a team that you definitely want to watch there in Region 24. Well, plenty of great matchups this Friday night, as I mentioned. Clinton Massey, they've won back-to-back games. Remember, they won the state championship a year ago, but they have a 2-4 and four record. The Falcons are turning things around quickly. They play at Western Brown, a team that is 5-1, and one, and the Broncos are riding high with uh, senior quarterback Drew Novak. Just needs 145 yards passing to become uh, third in state history for career passing yards. Winton Woods at Kings, a battle of undefeated teams that could determine the Eastern Cincinnati Conference Championship, obviously. Winton Woods has won 15 consecutive games, but the Knights of Kings there certainly would love nothing more to disrupt that win streak there uh, in Kings Mills on Friday night. And then how about the GMC? 5-1 and one Mason taking on 6-0 and oh Lakota West. Big matchup there in Westchester Township on Friday night could determine the GMC title. Remember, the Firebirds have won the GMC the past two seasons, but uh, Coach Brian Kastner certainly this would be a signature win if the Comets were able to pull off this game. And then over in the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference, Hughes taking on Woodward. Woodward has uh, the nation's top leading wide receiver, junior Dante Farrell, over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, it should be a great game over there. And then Wyoming, uh, 6-0, and taking on 3-3 three and three Taylor. And Wyoming has won... 63 consecutive regular season games. They've outscored their opponents, get this, 216-7 to this season. So Coach Aaron Hancock and the Cowboys clicking on all cylinders there and uh, certainly will be a, a game to watch there in the CHO. That's all we have for you this week. Be sure to check us out next week. We'll be talking high school football, but I'm also going to have a girls basketball preview uh, for you as well as we uh, try to transition now, getting into the month of October, and we're going to start talking about uh, basketball season once it uh, uh, is here. It's right around the corner, October 21st. Uh, the Ohio girls basketball season is allowed to officially start practice. So thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 o